It's that time again. Time for another Jonesing for News podcast. I'm Billy Ransom and it is my honor to introduce your host for the Jonesing for News podcast, Scott Jones. Thank you, Billy. As always, you sound a little more chipper uh, this week than last week, so that's that's a plus, I guess. Uh, I am Scott Jones. I run the website ftvlive.com, which is geared towards people in the TV news industry or that want to be in the TV news industry or just love watching TV news. Uh, I'm coming to you live from the studio on Florida's first coast. And uh, this is episode what? Is this episode 11, I think? I think it's episode 11. Is it 11? I don't, you know what? I'll have to look. But when I go to upload it, I'll know which episode it is. I believe this is episode 11. Um, crazy. Uh, the last two episodes had more than 30,000 downloads. Um, which, if you look at that online with podcasts, that ranks it in the top 5% of podcasts uh, that are out there on the internet. And that's just crazy to me that uh, that many people have downloaded the podcast. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going sponsor-free today. But hey, if you want to reach a shit ton of people, um, contact me about uh, putting a sponsorship on the podcast and uh, let's make that happen. because, uh, you know, if I'm in the top 5% of podcasts, you'd think I should be able to make a, at least a, a few coins off of that. So uh, we'll see what happens. So today's podcast is going to be a Q&A. Uh, so I'm going to answer some questions. I got a bunch of questions. I tried to pick out a few uh, that I thought were a little different, a little interesting. And uh, you know what? Let's just get on with that. Uh, question number one. Scott, thanks for all you do. You can see why I picked this question up. Scott, thanks for all you do. I noticed that over the weekend, I logged on to FTV Live about 3 a.m. on Saturday, and you had already posted a story for Saturday. Dude, do you ever sleep? Um, the short answer is yes, I do sleep, uh, but I don't always sleep very long. And lately, I've been having, uh, which many of you probably have as well, I guess with the Rona and everything that's going on, you're finding that sleeping is not as easy uh, today as it's been in the past, um, just because times are a little more stressful. And, you know, I found myself awake more. Um, I never really slept a lot because I like... um, you know, my goal is to get up, you know, sometime between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. and start working on FTV Live. And uh, I work on it all night, try and upload by, you know, 6 in the morning. Sometimes I upload as early as 4 something. Other times it might be as late as, you know, 6.45. But I try and get it in that 5 to 6.30 window is kind of my goal of hitting uh, the publish button and uploading stories to FTV Live. But, you know, the bottom line is that um, uh, I don't really sleep that much. Uh, you know, after I get done with the uh, uploading FTV Live, obviously it's 6 in the morning, so I'm not going to be making phone calls or anything. So what I do is uh, try and grab some breakfast, take Rory uh, out for a walk, and, you know, wait for the day to get started where I can start returning phone calls, going through email and stuff like that. And my email's been crazy. Um, I may post something on this later. I mean, I'm getting thousands of emails and 
it gets hard to get through all those emails. And then it feels like, I don't know, it's like putting your finger in the dam because right when you get those emails down to a manageable number, uh, boom, you know, here they all come again. So that part is, uh, that part is definitely, um, the biggest pain of the job. Uh, I mean, I like the emails because obviously that's where I'm getting the stories. That's where I'm getting the content. But there's just so many of them. Um, so anyway, question number two. Uh, you call out a lot of people in this business that need to be call out, called out. Do you ever call out your friends or people you like? You know, it's interesting that you say that because just in the past few weeks, I've had to um, call out a couple friends and, and more than a couple people that I actually like in this business. And, and I never liked doing that. But at the same time, if I didn't do it, if I just called out people that I didn't like or people that I didn't know, um, that really wouldn't be fair. So, yes, I do um, call out friends. I do call out people that I don't like. Uh, it's cost me some friendships, uh, you know, not me to them, but them to me. And, you know, I get it. They don't like, you know, that FTV Live's doing a story on them. But, again, it's it's their actions is the reason I did the story on them. And, um, you know, I didn't have anything to do with it. And if I didn't put it up there, um, it'd be pretty hypocritical um, if I'm doing it on the story on somebody else, but I'm not doing it on my friends or, or people that I like. So, um, you know what, the, it is what it is. You got to do, uh, you have to, um, you have to report the stories, um, and you can't really let the emotion run into that. Uh, you know, I've, as I said, I've had to do it a, a number of times just in the past few weeks where I've called out somebody, um, that I like or, or a friend and, and I don't like doing it, but at the same time, for the most part, for the most part, um, when I have called out friends, they respect what I do. They understand what I have to do. And um, so it's not that big a problem. Certainly, you know, it makes for a couple awkward conversations. But for the most part, they're professional. They understand. They get it. And and a lot of them say, hey, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. Um, and so you know, they understand it's, you know, it's the old don't shoot the messenger, but uh, it's still not easy. But to answer your question, yes, I have. um, And it's been quite often lately. And uh, I don't, um, I don't like doing it, but uh, I feel like I have no other choice. You have to do it. So that's it. Question number three, Uh, I'm a patron. Well, you're awesome then. Uh, I'm a patron, and I love your best and worst list. How do you decide who makes which list? Um, I actually, I don't decide. Uh, You guys are the ones that decide. Uh, If I did a best or worst list, um, like, what did I just do last? News directors. If I did a best and worst list of news directors, I can assure you, uh, if it was my list... Uh, the best list would have looked totally different and the worst list would have looked totally different. But, you know, I asked for the nominations. You guys send them in. And, you know, I understand. Like with the news directors, it's a totally different thing. When I was doing the anchors, 
I got a lot more nominations for best than I did for worst. When it came to news directors, I got a lot more nominations for worst than I did for best. There was still quite a lot of them in both categories, but there was more on the worst side, which makes sense. The news director is the boss. Um, you know, if some news director fired you, no matter what a screw up you were, um, you probably don't like that news director. Or if that news director, you know, has now moved you from weekdays to weekends or demoted you or whatever, you probably don't like that news director. So you get those emails of people that don't like, but it really doesn't make a difference if you get one, two, or three negative emails or positive emails on a news director. It has to pile up. There has to be a large number um, from current employees, former employees, that, that raise that number up. And then that gets them kind of, quote, on the radar. And then I like to, what I like to do is call around to people in the industry, all different kinds of people, agents, uh, you know, general managers, anchors, uh, producers, people that I've worked with in the past and whatever, get their input. People that I know will know these people, get their input, what they think, then kind of narrow the list down and you make the list of the best and the worst. But again, if I had full impact on that list, they would look completely different. I mean, obviously, I could change it to that, but that's not what it's about. It's about what you guys nominate, what you guys decide, and uh, that's that's who makes the list. It's not my list. Um, so uh, it's completely different in that regard. Um, so yeah, I have no input. Well, I have input, but... I don't make that decision because if I did, again, it would look completely different than that. All right, question number four. Scott, are you ever going to vlog again or is this podcast it? I miss the sunglasses. Well, uh, if it'll make you feel better, I'm wearing my sunglasses now because I pretty much wear them all the time. Um, and I do want to vlog. I want to vlog and I want a podcast. But when you're one person that runs this, you know, FTV Live. And that includes, you know, going through the emails. That includes all the IT work that needs to be done. That includes, you know, troubleshooting that needs to be done. Um, you know, answering the emails, making phone calls. You're the PR, the marketing department, uh, you know, the news department, the editor, uh, the janitor, um, and then putting a podcast and a vlog and all of that all together as one single person, it becomes a ton of work. And um, it's somewhere I got to try and figure out how to get it all in. And uh, but I I love I love shooting vlogs because I started out in TV as a uh, as a photographer. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm gonna get more into that in another in a couple questions here because somebody brings that up. So uh, the answer is no, the vlog is not gone. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vlog again. Uh, and the other thing is, here in Florida, uh, the weather's changing a little bit, so I can get outside more. I mean, it's been a zillion degrees, and it's rained so much this year, and the weather is now starting to change today. Uh, as I record this, it's like about 72 degrees. Of course, it is still raining. Um, we had about a week of really nice weather, um, and it's raining now, and it's supposed to rain most of the week. Um, but as the weather turns, you know, I can take my drone and put it up and, and you know, do stuff and shoot stuff. And, you know, I don't like to just shoot in the studio. 
I mean, just hanging out in the stew is no fun. I want to, I want to like shoot and edit and come up with something and stuff like that. So I will, uh, I will vlog again. Uh, question number five, will you be voting this year? And if yes, will it be by mail or in person? Um, I will be voting this year. Uh, I try and vote all the time, every year. Uh, I did not vote in the primary elections uh, because in my area, uh, the primary, um, I'm registered in as, as an independent voter. Uh, and so, you know, the primary is basically the Republican candidates, the Democratic candidates. And as an independent, you don't get to make a choice on those. So I did not vote in the primary, but of course I'll vote in the general election. Um, I will not be voting by mail because Florida has early voting. And uh, I think that opens up here in a couple weeks. And with early voting, um, the, the location is like right up the street from me. It's like a, a mile away. So basically what I do is once early voting starts, um, I drive by that location a number of times, whether I'm running up to Home Depot or running up to the grocery store or whatever. And I just kind of try and look over, see how many people, look how crowded it is. If it looks fairly, you know, open, then I go in and vote. And that's, you know, so that's what I do. Um, so I will be voting in person, but I will be early voting. I will not be voting on election day. That's going to be a zoo. Um, but, uh, you know what, this year, if I had to stand in line for 10 hours to vote, I would stand in line for 10 hours to vote. Uh, the, every year you hear, this is the most important election of our lifetime. This time it really is. Uh, you know, it, it is, and, uh, we need to vote. And uh, so I will be voting, but I'll be early voting. So let's see. I got uh, time for one more question. I, got, I guess I got time for as many as questions as I want, but I only wrote down one more question um, on my little list here. It says, how did you land your first job in TV news? Well, the way I landed my first job in TV news, um, one wasn't really a job. It was a, I was a stringer which I guess is a job. It's kind of like a freelancer, but um, you're not really called in to work at the hours. You kind of make it, you make your own hours and I got paid uh, per video shot. Uh, what I did was um, I, you know, there's so many, so many, it's so hard as, as you know. And back in the day, so many people wanted to be in TV news that it was really hard, you know, to get your foot in the door and do what you wanted to do. So I had interned at uh, WKBW in Buffalo. And pretty much during my internship, I went out with news crews and hung out with the photographers. That's the job that I liked. I had dabbled in some still photography. Um, this is before, you know, video was really even around on a consumer basis. Um, they did have camcorders. Um, and what I decided to do was in in at WKW, which is in Buffalo. Buffalo is located in Erie County, and the union only allowed uh, photographers from the station to be able to shoot inside Erie County. You know how nowadays people shoot stuff on a phone and they send it in, and you know they can get paid for it if they're smart. Sometimes they just send it to the station, and the station uses it, or they beg for it off social media or whatever. 
But back in the day, obviously, no social media, and um, there wasn't really any anybody out there with cameras. Um, you know, like today, everybody's got a camera because it's sitting in their pocket with their phone. Um, so what I did is I lived in Erie County, but I wasn't far from Niagara County. And um, so I went to a bank and took a loan out for $1,800, which doesn't sound like a, a lot, but back then, uh, that would probably be like going to a bank now and taking out a loan for, you know, $8,000. Uh, and I went and bought a camcorder and a deck, um, you know, not professional grade by any stretch. It would be, it would be a home video camera, but as I said back then, you know, the only people that had home video cameras were uh, rich people and I certainly wasn't rich. So I took this loan out and I bought the camera and I bought a scanner and I would just sleep at my house with the scanner on and I would listen for something happening in Niagara County and then I'd get in the car and I would drive to whatever it was, whether it was a shooting, a fire, more often than not there were fires, car accidents too, and I would shoot the video and then I would take it to WKBW and they would pay me $35 per video. So, you know, if I shot three videos a week, I got 75 bucks. So it wasn't just, you know, I shot the video. I had to actually, um, I had to actually get the station to buy it as well. Um, and at first that wasn't easy. But the more and more as I was showing up with more video, I mean, I was an intern at one point. I wasn't interning at this point when I was, when I was a stringer. But... I did, um, that's how I was getting, uh, I was getting paid. And, uh, that was basically, I mean, I had a job during the day. So this was stuff I would do pretty much during the night. Uh, you know, this was be in the summertime going back and forth to school. And, um, so I worked as, uh, I worked for the town of Tonawanda recreation department. Uh, in the wintertime, I worked as a skating guard and in the summertime, I worked as a playground supervisor, which means, you know, parents would drop their kids off at the playground. We're basically paid babysitters, and uh, you would supervise all these kids. Um, and the skating guard job was great. You would, uh, you would shovel the rinks off between hockey games, and uh, during open skates, you would skate around and, and make sure everybody's going the same way and not horsing around and everything else. That's the best job I've ever had in my life with skating guard. Uh, by far and away, best job I ever had. Um, but that, um, by doing, shooting all these videos, uh, I was able to make money. And eventually, it, it even got to the point where um, the station would sometimes call me to shoot something in Niagara County. And I actually got to shoot some some interesting things. I got to shoot, um, you know, some sporting events. You know, sometimes it was just high school football I think I shot some tennis matches and um, all of that just got a little bit better uh, and I started making money. I think one one uh, week I shot enough videos to make like like five or six hundred dollars in a week, which back then that's ridiculous amount of money. Um, and uh, so it was great. Uh, that got me started. I then uh, started looking for jobs. And again, you didn't have any internet back then, so you had to 
kind of find them through either a magazine or making phone calls or whatever. And I applied for a photographer job at KTUL in Tulsa. But the problem was I had never shot a package in my life. You know, I shot VOs and VO bites, and that's it. Um, so I sent this resume out. I did have one story where it was a big fire, and they used my video and turned it into a package. So my resume included a bunch of VOs, a bunch of VOSOTs, and one package. And I got hired at KTUL, and I never uh, went to the station. I got hired over the phone. Uh, and here I am, a kid growing up in New York State, and I get a job in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had no idea what to expect. I mean, I'm like, Oklahoma, there's going to be like, you know, there's going to be Indians and teepees and oil derricks, and that's, you know, that's it. I mean, I, I really kind of felt like there'd be cowboys. I felt like I'm going to the wild, wild west. And uh, so I accepted the job over the phone. Uh, I remember walking upstairs from my basement and telling my mom, uh, that I had a job and I was leaving and I had to be there in two weeks. And she goes, where is it? And I said, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And she was like, what? So uh, kind of weird, just uh, up to moved. I, I loaded up a U-Haul, which had a chair, a mattress, and my car in the back of the U-Haul. And that was it. That's all I had. And I moved to Tulsa, sight unseen. And I remember uh, driving all the way across country in a U-Haul and I stopped one night in uh, Northeast Oklahoma. I called my boss, a guy named Greg Sherrill, and I said, I'm almost there, I'll be there tomorrow. I said, I'm in Miami, Oklahoma. And he said, no, you're not, you're in Miami, Oklahoma. Now, Miami and Miami, as in Miami, Florida, are spelled the exact same, but in Oklahoma, it's Miami. Miami, Oklahoma and it's Miami, Florida. So, uh, in fact, uh, the one thing I can still remember about this is when I stopped, I stopped at a McDonald's. Obviously, I was not uh, eating high off the hog back in those days because, you know, you didn't have any money. So, uh, I remember when I stopped in Miami, Oklahoma, I got a, um, I stopped in McDonald's, and they had the McRib sandwich. Now, it was nowhere else in the country. This was a test site for the sandwich. I guess it was at a couple of McDonald's in the country, but it hadn't been rolled out yet. And uh, so I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to try that. And so I was one of the first people to uh, ever taste the McRib sandwich. Uh, and it was good. I liked it. McDonald's, you need to bring it back. Bring back the McRib Hey, should this be sponsored by the McRib sandwich? That'd be a good idea. McDonald's, call me. Let's talk. So uh, I took that job in Oklahoma. Had never shot a package in my life up until... Um, uh, and never really edited. I never edited in my life because I wasn't allowed to edit. I could just drop my video off at the station. They would edit it together. Um, but I watched. I looked over a few uh, photographers' shoulders and kind of learned how to edit. But uh, it was trial by fire in Oklahoma. And when I started out there, uh, I made some stupid mistakes uh, when it came to editing and, and shooting video. But luckily, um, you know, I had watched enough photographers. I became a pretty fast learner and uh, became um, 
a really good photographer. That was probably, you know, that was probably the one job in TV news that I had sold at was TV news photographer. Um, because I think the photographic eye is, uh, is a talent you can't be taught. You can, uh, you just kind of have it. So you can see things that other people don't see. So when it comes to shooting, you can tell a talented photographer, you can be a solid photographer without that eye, but you're never going to be the great photographers that have it. And uh, there's so many good photographers. You know, I'm thinking of the, the NPPA award winners and, and having that photographic eye, it really makes a difference. Um, but, uh, you know, and people ask me your favorite job in TV news. And to this day, I always say it was photographer. Um, if, my, if I could have made enough money and my back could have held out, um, I, I would love to be a photographer today. Now, the great thing about being a photographer today uh, is, you know, the camera is a hell of a lot lighter. The money isn't any better, but the camera's a lot lighter. And sadly, there aren't as many photographer jobs, but they're MMJ jobs. But, you know, back in the days, we would go out and shoot net sound packages that were as good as, as regular packages, where it was basically uh, a package without uh, any reporter track on it that was done by a photographer. And um, the station was loaded with really good photographers, so these net sound pieces were some of the best journalism you'd see. So that's how I got started out. Um, you know, I had to take a loan out. I had to go basically completely broke um, and borrow money to get into the business. But if I didn't borrow that money, who knows what would have happened? So, you know, sometimes you gotta take risks. Sometimes you, you gotta go outside your comfort zone. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of people, aren't willing to do that. And, you know, I knew that going into a bank and, and taking out almost $2,000 uh, was a big risk, but uh, it paid off. And um, now that camera is long gone. I wish I would have saved it. I would have liked to have it on a display case somewhere because it literally had a deck and a camera and you rested the camera on your shoulder. It was not like your home video camera, your little camcorder. It was it was kind of like a real camera, and, and I loved it. Um, and I wish I would have saved it. Uh, it was, and by the way, it was, uh, the camera was a, was beta and not VHS. Um, beta was always a better format than VHS, but VHS won out over beta in the consumer market, but uh, beta was better. And that's why, you know, the cameras, you know, when they went from three-quarter, they went to beta and not to VHS, uh, just a better format. And now, look at you're shooting on a freaking little card, a little disc that you put in your camera. So uh, that's how I got started out in the industry. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess for anybody that's trying to get into the industry, don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to knock on doors. Don't be afraid to, you know... Really, um, you know, if, if you have to do something for free or do something for a little bit of money, um, do it to get your foot in the door, prove yourself, and then move on from there. Uh, that's, that's the way it works. I remember, uh, you know, one more thing. When I took a job in Pittsburgh, um, for the first time ever, I, was, I took a job at WPXI, but it wasn't a job in the news department. 
my entire career had been in news. So this was, uh, God, I'd been in news for, what, 15 years probably? And I took a job and basically uh, I was... Oh, I was working for PCNC, which was WPXI's cable channel, producing a uh, talk show, a news talk show. I was the executive producer of that. I was also producing Pirates baseball games. And then I was doing other things in the programming department, you know, working on uh, bike races or parades or special projects. And when my boss hired me, a guy named Mark Barish, um, there was no contract involved because um, I'm pretty sure he thought he was kind of taking a risk. And, um, you know, by not signing me to a deal, he could pretty much get rid of me uh, whenever he wanted to. And, um, you know, maybe I wouldn't work out because here I was a news guy trying to do, you know, produce a Pirates you know, baseball game or produce a, a nightly talk show. Uh, so it was, it was definitely stepping outside my comfort zone, but it was something I wanted to try. And, uh, I went in there and then I was probably doing the job for, oh, probably seven, eight months. And the, and my boss comes to me and wants me to sign a contract, but he wants me to sign the contract that basically was paying me the same amount of money I was being paid, um, for the first year. So I've been already working almost a year and he gives me a contract with year one money that's the same I'm making and then I'll bump up year two, year three. And I told him I didn't want to sign it. And, uh, and I said to him, I said, here's the bottom line. I said, when you hired me, you didn't offer me a contract because you thought if I screw up, you can get rid of me. And you know, if I sign a contract, that's certainly a different uh, scenario and you're locked into windows and stuff like that. So for me, it was, um, I said, you know, I don't want to sign a contract. I, I like it how it is. I like the idea. You know, if you don't like me, you can fire me whenever you want. If I don't like it here, I can walk whenever I want and be on my way. And um, so we went back and forth on the contract. So I went down to my office and started putting together some of the things I wanted in the contract. And there was crazy shit I was asking for. Like, if the Buffalo Bills made the playoff, now I'm in Pittsburgh, but, you know, I'm a Buffalo guy. If the Buffalo Bills make the playoff, I'm given the time off with pay, not against my vacation, and I'm allowed to travel to the playoff games of the Super Bowl, which, you know, the Bills making the Super Bowl, although they're 4-0 this year, gang. 4-0, baby. But uh, the Bills making the Super Bowl was a pipe dream, but uh, I did that. I did the same thing with the Chicago Bulls. Now, that was more realistic. And I had all these, all these demands. I mean, I probably had 30 demands uh, in my contract, and they were crazy ones like that. Some of them were more realistic more vacation time, more this, more that. But I, I, I went in with a huge list and I gave it to my boss and he's reading through the list and I'm sitting across the desk row and I can just see his face getting red and he is getting so pissed as he reads this stuff. And he, and he finally, he tells me to get the fuck out of his office. I mean, that's literally what he said. He said, get the fuck out of my office. 
And um, I said, do you want me to leave the station or just go to my office? What? He goes, just go to your office. So I went down and for months, months, my boss and I never talked to each other. I mean, it was like, it was two, three months. We didn't say a word to each other. And um, finally, uh, he called me, uh, his, actually his assistant called me and told me to meet him for lunch. I went to lunch with, uh, with him. We kind of buried the hatchet. He asked me what all this shit was. And I said, well, here's the thing. I said, Mark, if I ask for five things and you give me one, that's what I get, one thing. So say I ask for this, 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 you know, more vacation time. And he, and he agrees to one thing. I get one. I said, if I ask for 30 things and I get 10, I'm way ahead of the game. Even if I get five, um, I'm way ahead of the game. So that was my idea. And um, so in the end, um, they did give me more money. I did sign a three-year contract. Uh, I did enjoy my time very much at the station. Uh, I did enjoy that job outside the news department. It was kind of cool because I had a bunch of friends that worked in the news department, and I could go down into the news department. I was kind of like a seagull. What I would do is I would kind of go down, because I worked up on the second floor. I would go down into the news department. I kind of swoop into the news department, shit all over everything, and then leave, um, just like a seagull would do. Um, and... Uh, so it was kind of nice. It was kind of nice to watch kind of the TV news from the outside, watching the sausage be made, sort of. And I remember sitting, you know, in my office on the second floor. I was working with a guy. John McIntyre was the host of uh, the talk show that I did. And right then was kind of when the Internet was really kicking off. This was like mid-90s, early 90s, 94, 95, stuff like that, you know, uh, this is when, you know, the internet was really kind of getting started. And I remember telling John back at the time, you know, it's got to be a way to make a living off the internet. And John would tell me, ah, you can't do it. There's no way, blah, blah, blah. And I just, you know, that's where that thought process in my mind started was uh, back sitting in that office at WPXI in Pittsburgh about the internet and thinking about my next plan. So basically, I stepped out of news, out of my comfort zone, into a job doing live sports. I, I was producing a Steeler football show. Um, you know, the, I was doing baseball games. I was doing this talk show. Uh, I was doing a sports show, a nightly sports show. So I had a lot of stuff going on that was totally, completely different for me. And I stepped outside my comfort zone. And, um, you know, while I was doing that, I was getting ready to step outside my comfort zone again and started thinking about, you know, can you can you make it work on the Internet? So, um, you know, really, you just kind of my thing is you just got to keep moving forward. You got to be you know, you got to be like a shark. You just keep swimming and see what happens. Um, and it all started with that little walking in, into a bank, taking out an eighteen hundred dollar loan and buying a camera. So to answer your question, that's how I got started in TV. That may be the longest answer in the history of uh, a question and answer session. So anyway, that's going to wrap it up for me. I will see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for listening. Please, please become a patron of FTV Live. Uh, that's what keeps the lights on. 
I appreciate all of you that are patrons. You guys are the best. And uh, later, out. Bye. Peace. Thank you.